No more slings. No more swords. No more weapons. No more systems. No more... No more superpowers. You can fire your arrows from the Tower of Babel, but you can never strike God! I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Was that the music to X-Men? I think it's from the cartoon. Okay. But it came into my head. They have a different theme for this, which is pretty good, but I can't hum it from memory, so that'll have to do. Because this week, we're talking about the next installment in the X-Men franchise, X-Men Apocalypse. It's been a minute since we've seen this film. Yes, it has. We saw it in theaters. Yes, at the Greenbelt movie theater. Snowden. No, it was, I distinctly remember I distinctly remember too, but I thought it was the Snowden one. The one that's in that weird, like, park, like, office park, kind of. Yeah, that's the Greenbelt one. Oh. Because I, what's it called? Wait, what do you mean? It's not just called the Greenbelt movie theater. Um, let me see. Um, because I, I remember it. Mostly because I don't remember why the AMC we had to Academy go there. Eight. Oh wait, no, that's at the Beltway Plaza Mall. No, that's not it. I think it was a Regal. Um. Or we had like <laughs> tickets or something, like or a gift card. We had like a gift card oh, to Beltsville Regal. Is an AMC, the AMC Center Park Eight. Yeah, such a weird location. I think we were like coming from Silver Spring, and it was close, and maybe we didn't see it until like. It was a bit later in its run or something. I also remember yeah. we saw it in 3D. Don't remember that. Did we wear glasses? Yeah, we did. Did we still have to wear glasses back then? We did have to wear glasses. Um, all signs point to like us waiting for a while until we saw it. June 3rd, 2016, just confirming. Different time. How do you know that? I have the email for my uh, ticket receipt. Which <laughs> is kind of wild. So, yeah, we uh, last saw this almost a decade ago. I'm rounding up for dramatic effect. 2016? Yeah, seven years, you know. I'm not, I'm not doing that <laughs> math game. I'm going keep to it, keep it tight at sure. seven. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, either way, it's, it, it feels like less familiar to me than uh, like Days of Future Past did, even though... I'd only seen Days of Future Past once, and it was before this, obviously. So, um, and I, I definitely want to explore, uh, you know, the the whys of why that is, and um, why you didn't like X Men, why I didn't like this movie, and why it doesn't like stick in my head. I mean, X Men wasn't even on your radar when I met you. No, it wasn't. You exactly, we talked about this OG before. Series. Yeah, we we watched. All of the, the the original trilogy, I think we watched like the Wolverine movies and First Class and Days of Future Past all in one rapid go back in like 2015, I think. So yes, it was very much not on my radar. I was, I was late to the party. 
I was not. I was at the party. You were. You were raging. What's that song? I invited to our party. Oh, the, <laughs> the ween? Yeah. The party? Could you sing a bar for us? Um, uh, this is kind of like an in-joke song, and it's not like in our friend group. It's <laughs> people that we know. We don't need context We don't. Um, I think out of context is better. Shit. How does it go? That's why I was just thinking, like, we showed up at... No, that's a Taylor Swift song. It's, we had a wonderful time at the party. Fuck, I can't remember how it goes. Oh, man, okay. Well, Sorry, ween fans. Let's, maybe we should cut that bit. <laughs> uh, I'm not cutting it. This is, this is the raw footage that everyone okay. yearns for. In good news... I wrote pretty neat notes this time. All right. Like neat as in like awesome, but also neat as in like. <laughs> I, I assumed I assumed the legibility neat, but I also like the use of that's really neat. They're neat. <laughs> um, immediately felt like a trauma. Is that too strong of a word? <laughs> to Black Adam. Wait, no. What does that mean? I felt instigated. Like, this is triggering memories of Black Adam? Yes, but I was not using the word triggering. Okay. Well, I needed that for for my understanding. Uh, Absolutely, yes. Um, Black Adam. But I do love it. Pillaging ideas. An ancient coup. Yeah. Love to see it. I I genuinely think that if we had had more time uh, spent in, like, the, the original ancient Egypt days... That would have been my favorite part of the movie. Um, it's just every glimpse that we get of ancient mutant kind, I just think is so cool because they talk about it and the history of how mutants have existed for a long time in secrecy, but it's, it's pretty rare that we actually get to see it in action. Yeah, and like having like the first... Uh, I almost just said the first Avenger. <laughs> the first mutant is pretty cool. yeah. Uh, I just I like that idea I like that in in the timeline that we're in in the movies in 1983 or whatever the when human understanding of mutants is still so minimal and how that would you know be working back in 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 this era where you would just be automatically considered as a god um I just I like that idea Not only that but in the alternate timeline you know like 2001 2000 X-Men, the the world still didn't know about X-Men mm-hmm. or about mutants. mutants. Um, so they're living in this where at least since the 70s that people, the people, non-mutant people. Wow, I'm like losing it. I don't know what's <laughs> wrong. You're to take a minute. Um this is like in the middle of the day. It is usually this 4 is what happens at like night when I've been thinking all this day. Is seven I guess hours I have been now. thinking all day. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yes. The, the common folk don't know about mutants until the 70s. Mm-hmm. Yes. But is it implied that during our like prequel here, that flashback, that the common folk do know. Like, they're like gods to them, the mutants. It, some, I, I feel like I have, like, several different interpretations. Like, one, it could just be that... Because he implied so, that they, like, ruled. Right. 
So on one hand, I like the theory that it's like what the modern people perceive as the gods that ancient cultures believed in were actually like mutants living among them. And it wasn't just like mythology. They were, they were real. Um, and I feel like you could, if they wanted to, uh, even though that would like go against like other Marvel mythos say that like the, the Greek gods and like those gods that were written about could have been like mutants on earth being worshipped. On the other hand, you could also kind of say it doesn't, that's not been ruled out yet. No, it hasn't. They've even introduced Zeus and Hercules and stuff. Yeah, but not like as mutants. That's what I'm saying. Like in in the MCU as we like know, like as it, in celestials. Comics, yeah, like they're just they're their own people. They're not like mutant humans. I mean, they haven't said that. That's what I'm saying. That's true. Like they're they could connect mutants to like anything for sure. Uh, I also like the idea that it's just like these people did exist and they were ruled, but it was just like lost to time because oscar here is implying that like the world he has entered into is like worse off because they are like the mutants aren't on top Mm -hmm. which makes me think that like when he was around mutants were top dog i definitely think that's what the implication is yeah like he was he was very clearly being worshipped. They were doing this ritual to make sure that he continued to live. Like yeah. he was yeah, he was at the top of the food But chain. then, you know, who who beat you then? The the people. <laughs> yes. The common folk. So you're a fucking hypocrite, man. He really is. Also Which does like, put me in a tight spot, like emotionally, like who I'm rooting for, because I did love the coup, but like in our day, like not loving the common folk. Right. Like not great. But this is clearly like not a great dude. Yeah. Um and I Don't also love to see it. Really love like the as the coup is happening, the I would say the main part of the whole plan is like knocking these blocks that slide down ramps, knocking down the support beams that are holding up the inner chamber of this pyramid. And I'm just like, this shit is like straight out of like Zelda Breath of the Wild or something. I'm like, what was this like planned so far in advance that they were like, we have to have people ready to collapse this thing. Like they're just like on standby and they have these perfectly shaped blocks to go into this chamber, knocking down all these like wood pillars. I just love it. I'm like, who planned this? Well, why does this exist? I act. I mean, I'm not a historian. I, <laughs> I know that might be surprising. <laughs> what? But aren't pyramids like often used for like burial? Mm-hmm. So like they would have a way to like seal them. So I think that's the mechanism that they were using. They just like didn't do it like how you normally would. They did it, like, stronger so that it, like, forced it to collapse. Okay. I like that. But I would assume that those were in place to eventually seal it. Interesting. If if that's what pyramids are for. I mean, I do think that's, like, at least what some of them were for. Yeah, like, all the sarcophagi are buried inside them and, yeah, sealed. Or they accidentally got stuck and died. Unfortunate. Unlucky, honestly. Um, yeah, so that's really all I had on that part. And then we get into the regal pre-roll. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Which is which very reminiscent so... of 2000 X-Men, which I kind of like that as a callback. Well, that's I'm pretty what I sure like that, that they've never They never really moved away from this um, style of opening. I don't remember if Dark Phoenix does it or not, but yeah, like having the some sort of credit sequence that eventually goes into like the X-Men door slowly opening to like Cerebro. It's, it's classic X-Men shit. Um, it was pretty wild the way that they did it. Cause it's like, you're like going through time since apocalypse was buried. It's like, Oh, there's like Jesus carrying the cross. And then like two seconds later, there's like a swastika. I'm like, well, it feels like we skipped over. I honestly couple. didn't know that's what was happening. I saw the swastika. That's all I saw. And I just yeah. thought it was like, Magneto. Oh, ref to Eric. Yeah, no, I think it was like <laughs> human history. Yeah, I mean, that very, makes sense. Very, very condensed. I mean, I should have known that as a historian, but... I'm getting mixed messages here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like that we, when we enter... It, it's kind of corny, but I don't care, that when we enter the classroom, because that's where we come in on, is like a 1980s classroom with um, Scott is that they're teaching the mutant history because mm-hmm. it's, like, part of class. Yeah, and I I think that this movie is, like, not super particularly interested in, like, punctuating the differences in the timeline that was established by Days of Future Past, but I do think they spend a lot of time talking about how it's the 10-year anniversary of Magneto, like, trying to kill a president and how important that is and seeing that impact. Yeah, I agree. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and I think they are trying to, like, solidify, like, this is the timeline we're in. Mm -hmm. This is what, this is the impact of that movie, which is good, I think, because I do think it was confusing. It's still, it's still kind of confusing, but like, I think the, the main takeaway that I just need to remember is like, they, they can just do what they want. Like, there's no, there's no holdovers. They can change what they want to change. They can leave some stuff the same. It doesn't matter. Um, I also want to recognize the guy that gets crunched into a ball in the pyramid. I thought that was um pretty cool. One of the mutants like just like crunches a guy up like a pretzel. Pretty gnarly. For, I remember that for some reason. Maybe it was more uh, traumatizing in 3D. <laughs> like you remember that from that first time. Uh-huh. Um, also, the guy that was bullying Scott absolutely would have died from that laser. I, I just am not buying that the 1980s construction grade bathroom stall door is reflecting the Cyclops beam. Yeah, but He's a 200-year-old tree gets sliced. Yeah, no, that's, that's not shit. I mean, maybe it's like, because this is like first time, it's like a weaker beam. Sure. You know? Yeah. I feel like he's kind of old to be getting his powers. Because he's supposed to be like 16, 17. Yeah. I feel like we kind of got, like, a blend of people like that in the original trilogy, yeah. though. It's just, like... Like, Rogue you're... is older. Yeah. She's, like, 16. Um, I mean, it's not, like, not accurate. It, he just, like, is a little bit older. And, like, mm-hmm. it's implied, which didn't remember slash didn't know, that his brother was, like, presumably younger when he got his. Yeah. Um, that's... I, yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe that, like... I, I mean, Molly, you knew that Havoc had been in first class. Like, you remembered yeah, him. I didn't remember him. because I love him. first class. Right. And I recognized him, and when they called him Alex, I was like, oh, that's that guy. Right. Well, I didn't remember his name was Havoc, to be honest. I was like, the guy that can do, like, the beam yeah. thing. He's got the tummy beam, the tummy yeah. laser. Um, yeah, I just... Which makes sense, because it looks like Scott's. Right. 
Yeah. Um, I just like kept thinking to myself, like it's it's like cool to like see these characters again, but I'm like, fuck, I want James Marsden back. Like you know, I want Halle Berry Storm back. Definitely we'll want Halle Berry it. Storm back. Well, the other thing about so the Alex plot, so like same actor from First Class, because like that's the era we're like basing this movie off of. Although you know, it's like twenty years later. Um, that yeah, so Alex is in that First Class. I mean, he's young then. He's supposed to be, like, Scott's age now. But he's, like, in a prison because he's, like, been caught. He's, like, caught by Stryker's group. So, like, it and it it kind of implies that he's, like, a rebel, you know, Mm -hmm. and doesn't like people, Um, which is not the character that we get in this. This is, like supportive big brother who like did everything right kind of yeah, which is nice not guy. the not congruent but like whatever i guess because like that's like a comic thing that they're brothers so they were like oh shit we gotta we gotta fix this <laughs> yeah i yeah that's it is it is strange and then he's like in i guess he's in vietnam in this in days of future past yeah, he's, like, being used as a weapon, I think. Th- these movies are, like... Yeah. It's just kind of all over the place, like, where they take these characters. Like, this could basically be a different person. Although, technically, that would have gotten rewritten. I mean, yeah, I guess so. Because First Class takes place after they go back in time. No, but they no. keep referencing First Class. First Class still happened. I think, like, nothing nothing changes in the timeline until 1973, which is when Wolverine goes which back Which is to. after First Class? Yeah. What year is First Class supposed to be? I think it's, like, the late 60s because okay. of the... It's all very, very Cuba-focused. Right. You're right. Okay. Um, but now I need to check. Yeah, um, It takes right. place in 62. So like you said, this is 20 years after. So it's 10 years since the Days of Future Past changed everything. But the way that they do, the way that they chose to do the time changes is that it only changes things after the stuff before remains the same. Right. And it's like 1982-ish around mm-hmm. this time. Okay. I'm willing to let all of that go, though. Because I like a brother's story. And yeah. I do think it's devastating what happens. <laughs> it, it is. Were you about to say spoilers? I was going to say speaking of devastating. Oh. But I'm uh, letting you jump in here with your notes as well. Well, I didn't know what's uh, what's devastating. Oh, I, I do know what's devastating next. Um, I had a couple notes just like thinking about, we're trying to remember some parts of the movie, which is like one of the only things I could remember happening to Professor X besides him fighting in his head with Apocalypse was their attempt to make him bald, um, which it... It, it's, you know, it, it doesn't matter. They wanted to keep using James McAvoy, and he they should because he's great. But when I, I really like seeing the comparisons to how he looks, like, between, like, well, especially in Dark Phoenix, which is, like, supposed to take place in the 90s versus the original X-Men. Um, it's the same as, like, when people post um, Dumbledore right. and, like, Crimes of Grindelwald or whatever compared to, like, how he was in the 90s. It's like, fuck, man, that decade fucked him up. I mean, yeah. 
He, they did a good job, though, in this movie of making him age a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, intentionally. Like, this was traumatic on his body, and he looks rough at the end. I mean, that's obviously when he becomes bald. Yeah, I think it's mostly the baldness. But he, like, also looks rough. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I also... What about I, Eric? No one talks about him and Ian McKellen. It's true. I, I mean, think it's just because, like... Michael I don't know Fassman what it is, is about like a grown ass man. Right. Mac- Michael <laughs> Fassbender has more of like a mature look to him. Like James McAvoy with with the hair still looks like very young, even though like he's probably like forty something when they were doing these movies, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, he just has that look. Um, also, just saying, I would expel Scott for destroying the the tree. Sorry. You would. I run a tight ship. Yeah, go hang out with Need Magneto. That's that's the tree that I used to swing on, and I, I can't forgive that transgression. You'd be a horrible teacher. Yeah, well, it's a good thing Charles is there. Um, you're a common folk. <laughs> um, also, like, my, my thought here, like, because we, we get these glimpses when Scott shows up at the school and we have his interactions with Gene and also, like, the other students, was, like, in this... I said that, like, there was kind of a preemptive thought, and I but finishing the movie, I kind of agreed, like... I wish that the the stakes for this after Days of Future Past had kind of been, like, a little bit smaller so we could have, like, spent more time, like, in the school. Because they, like, cast all these new characters, like, playing not even necessarily just, like, the younger versions of people that we'd already met in the original trilogy, but characters like Jubilee who are mostly relegated to, like, hanging out in the background. We never even get to see them use their powers. I'm like, I would have loved just, like, more, like, a group, like, not, like, the core team that mostly consists of people that we already knew, but with the new hip actors playing them. Like, I just feel like there was some, some cool, like, um, opportunities there, but then they decided to go with, like, a, a world-ending threat, which, judging by, like, how people have felt about them using Apocalypse for this movie was, like, not... I think, like, the real, like, hardcore X-Men comic fans kind of perceived this as, like, if they had done Thanos in one movie. Yeah. It's like, he's like, that... He is that guy. He is the the number one X-Men threat. Um, it does escalate I, quite quickly. I, I'll talk about it more, but I don't, I don't love the execution of how they handled his, like, rise and demise. I will say it's consistent with, like, all of their movies. Like, all of their movies are this level. Yeah. Like, the next one is also this level, like, Dark Phoenix's Days of Future Past was. X3, like, let's not get started on that. Like, they're all, like, operating on this, like, the end of the world. Yeah. And, like, we'll talk about not, it. I'm not saying that's a good thing or not, but just You're, consistent. It, it is. And the teaser at the end of this movie, which doesn't ever go anywhere, um, because the series died, like, two movies later, I think would have been more in line with that, but we'll never get to see it, which is unfortunate. But probably fine that... At least the director of this movie is not working in the industry anymore because he's a fucking creep. Oh, really? This is Brian Singer, who's had, like, I don't know. Is he related to Josh Singer? God, I hope not, for Josh Singer's sake, because Brian Singer has, like, nine sexual assault allegations. He he did Bohemian Rhapsody and then got fired from it. Oh, golly. He's a terrible, terrible person. So what ended up happening after this was Simon Kinberg, who wrote this movie... Um, along with, uh, I think he also wrote, oh yeah, so 
Simon Kinberg wrote this movie. He wrote Days of Future Past. Also wrote X3 and then went on to do Dark Phoenix. He directed and wrote Dark Phoenix because he was like, Right, we talked about that, yeah. I'm going to redo it. (laughs) He's like, I can do it. Oh, poor guy. (laughs) You could not do it. (laughs) You failed twice. Um, I don't... Who is Josh Singer? He's a screenwriter. Ironically, he wrote the screenplay for Spotlight. Oh. About sexual assault. Well, doubly so. Doesn't seem like they're related, thankfully. Yeah, not not great. Okay. Didn't know that. Good to know. Thank you for educating the public. Just doing my job. Um... I'm what I am glad though that they didn't just make Magneto the villain again. I agree. Yeah. It uh, would have been cooler if the, if they were like we're doing like this is the last group X-Men movie. Well, no, they were like they are working towards Dark Phoenix, which is like a great like final villain kind of. Mm-hmm. Even though it doesn't really turn out that way in the movie. Yeah, I just like the whole vibe that I got which I know it's true because Simon Kinberg was like fucking desperate to do Dark Phoenix again for some reason, even though presumably there's a lot of other X-Men stories out there was just like throughout like the movie. I was like, we're, we have this chance to start fresh with all these characters and you're just like guiding them down the same path again. Like do something, do something new. I thought what happened, the Magneto plotline that we got, I thought was like pretty good, very devastating for Eric. But I was like, what if, like, he didn't, like, get fucking re-traumatized and, like, hate humanity again? What if he's just, like, hanging out with his wife and daughter, Apocalypse steps in, and he's, like, kind of, like, on the sidelines being, like, I'm not well, gonna I'm happy, and I have my family, but, like, yeah. what is it going to take for me to get involved, either with Apocalypse or um, Charles? But instead, he kind of just, like, gets assimilated into the the apocalypse unit along with the other horsemen. And then his family dies. And then his family dies. Yeah. They have to. They have to. It's horrifying. It's heartbreaking. I'm just upset because I want, I want Eric to be happy, but like, is he ever really going to be happy without Charles? Well, (laughs) that's the, that's the root of all of his problems is his repressed, (laughs) uh, raw sexual urge. I was prepared for him to be like my daughter, Wanda. That's not it's Nina. They can't. They're not allowed to do that. <laughs> Why? That, that was their contract agreement. Was, um, I think. I think it was anyway. Like Marvel Studios wanted to use Scarlet Witch, and they had to like come to an agreement because she was like kind of in a weird gray area because they never, you know, they don't, they're not using Scarlet Witch as a mutant in the MCU, but like now they are. Now they, but they. They weren't though, because they still haven't said she's a mutant, uh, which is. Didn't they? In the in Doctor, what, Doctor Strange? Strange, I don't think so. I don't think they've just like never really talked about it, because now she's like a mythical being. Mm. But there was some agreement with like Quicksilver, and I think there was. Well, yeah, because there was a little girl in the first time we see Quicksilver, and she's not in this movie. No. I mean, not that it's important, but right. yeah, they. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just like man. Is gnarly what they did to Magneto. It was, it was like too much. 
You know, I was like, God damn, like, hasn't he been through enough? Her power is cool. Yeah. Do you think it's just birds or all animals? I think it's probably all animals, but there were just birds around. And it's like, yeah, the way that I like hate it. Like I, the more I think about it, I'm like, I wish that they hadn't done this because like, honestly, like make a guy like suffer through the Holocaust. That's, that's enough. We don't need to like make him just like beat him into the dirt again. They, but they um, Wolverined him. Yeah, they did. That's what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> it's true. And the the scene itself was like well done. You know, the guy like lets slip the arrow like kind of by accident. I don't think it was by accident. Well, he's I like he's he not scared. He's not looking. Like that's I interpreted it as that way because he's like oh. he's like had it like whatever you call it, um, knocked. But he was like looking up at the birds and he's like not paying attention and like What the fuck kind of arrows are those that they can go through two people and kill them? Like yeah, on there's the no spot. metal. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Strong. Some some well-crafted arrows. I mean, are they just, like, prepared because of Magneto? I guess. Like, all police forces have, like, an arsenal now? That seems now? aggressive. <laughs> like, who knows how to use a bow and arrow properly? <laughs> That's a really in good question. 80s. Yeah, like, whatever town he was in, maybe they're just really behind the times. Maybe they just don't have guns. They only have bows and arrows. That's not true. I don't know. <laughs> Got some questions for them. I mean, they were they were prepared. They were prepared. So I don't know. Uh, you know, ten years later, you got to be on your toes. That Magneto guy could just pop up anywhere. I guess that's their mindset. I mean, I was just like, why? But I, also, I was like, we need our we need our baddie daddy. You know. Always need our baddie daddy. You're so right. I know. <laughs> oh, I just, uh, I'm just thinking about Michael Fassbender's career. Yikes. I hope he gets R.I.P. Yeah, he needs an age, a new agent. Him and Idris Elba just get fucked. Like, the last decade, like, their track record is woof. I think Henry Cavill might need one, too. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean, before that, he's been doing fine. People love him in The Witcher. And then he left it of his own volition, and everybody's pissed. I feel bad for whoever it is taking over. Is it one of the, is it one of the Hemsworths? Yes, it's the, the least known Hemsworth. I just had to remind myself. Leslie. Liam. No. Luke. Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Leslie <guy>. Luke. <laughs> Leslie Luke. <laughs> um, yeah, but like, fuck those factory workers. Like, yeah. They're like, fuck mutants. Like, we should have just let this guy get brutally killed. Bunch of snitches. Cowards. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they weren't, like, the same thing with uh, Germany. It's like, well, we didn't know what was going to happen. Doesn't matter. No. But bastards. Yeah, I mean. Like, come on. And, and what, who are they fighting for? Because, like, if it's just that, you know, Jess, that he tried to, like, kill the president, it's like, well, who cares? Like, that's the United States. Like, what does Poland, why do they give it, why do factory workers in Poland give a shit if someone tried to assassinate the U.S. president? Honestly. Who was a bad dude. I would have, it's so unnecessary, but I would have loved if it was, like, presumably... He's like an international fugitive, so you'd have like an Interpol arrest warrant out. What if there's a price on his head? Right. And then it's like, oh, you get millions of dollars to 
if if it results in his arrest. There right. you go. Especially after he like saved someone's life. Right. So it's like we have a bunch of these dudes who are led to believe are like friends like of Eric. Like he's Eric's. just been chilling. Like right. just let him chill. You know what he's capable of. Right. You know what he's capable of. So don't fuck with him. And also, if he wants to save someone's life and actually be benevolent with his power for once, just fucking let him do it. You bunch of assholes. I just wanted him to use the necklace before. You yeah. Know? <laughs> that would have been ideal. Like instead of it? going quietly. I just, I think that uh, I understand why they did what they did, but because for me... we needed a baddie daddy. Right, but I, I would have greatly preferred him weaving some sort of moral thread by having living family for once, someone that's, like, maybe getting trying to get him to abide by, like, you know, something that aligns with Charles's worldview, who is not Charles, because the, the, the bit... It, it either gets old or it results in unresolved sexual tension. <laughs> but I think that's the point of the end. It's Mystique that's doing that. She's the yeah, one that's, that's like, that's true. She I do agree with you. And uh-huh. like, let's not do this, that you're what you're doing. Like I, I can be your family. Right. Yeah. So okay. I think she is playing. Okay. That yeah. Role. You're right. She's bringing and the, she's definitely different than Charles. Mm-hmm. You're right. She's bringing the yes. And energy that, that he so desires. Um, we talked a lot during the movie about like Oscar Isaac being in this. Totally forgot that it was and him. I actually really meant to look up, you know, what the timeline of that was. Griffin because- said about five times, what a waste of using Oscar Isaac. And then my reply every time was he wasn't Oscar Isaac yet. And I agree with you from like the public perception and like his star power wasn't there yet, but also it is still Oscar Isaac at the time was still like a very capable actor. And I feel like regardless of him being a known actor or not at at the time, this is just like a miscast because I don't think this kind of role lets him do what he does best. But like, he's still acting in it. You just don't see his pretty face, which is what you're paying for now. (laughs) You're right. I just like I mean, they're still acting. Involved. I think it's you know I think anyone would have been disappointed because I just don't. I think he was like a not very well written villain. So I guess just like looking at it in that lens is I'm like it doesn't matter because the script was in my opinion not so hot. But if they had if they realized who they had, I think they could have they could have made it work because I just I don't think he was a very charismatic villain. And for a person that's supposed to be, like, recruiting all of these mutants and, like, basically has unlimited power to, like, you know, basically give them, like, the invincibility star for Mario and just be like, hey, here's, some like, some new wings. Here's some cool new outfits. Um, he just, like, doesn't really have a personality, which I get, you know, stoic old god villain type, but, like... I think it would have been better if the transfer had taken place in 3600 BC and that that person was what you know Oscar Isaac like Mm -hmm. so we see his normal face and then like so that way when they come back when he comes back he looks like Oscar Isaac and he's like blending in which makes him scarier and like he looks hot so that's also scarier because like you think that he's like trustworthy and like charming yeah i think that would have been a much more intimidating villain i like that i like that a lot rather than like dr doom yes which is what we got yeah it just like he looked like dr doom right i 
I respect like what they were doing with the outfit because I think it was very like comic. But he could still wear the outfit. Yeah, but I agree. I think that would have been a lot better. But then when he's like going around like collecting his people, he looks like Oscar Isaac mm-hmm. and he's like manipulating. Yeah, I would love that. I just think like for what they were trying to do and especially I, I think the the stakes are like the highest that they've been out of like the three movies and like the whatever you want to call this, like the prequel trilogy so far. But because of how like Apocalypse functions in the plot, it doesn't feel like it. Like Peter Dinklage felt like more of a threat in Days of Future Past and Kevin Bacon definitely did in first class. Yeah, because they were just like. They were showing you like just like the raw like hatred from humans, and I think that's like what works really well for these stories. Um, no, Kevin Bacon's a mutant, isn't he? Wait, yes, but he's still like he's still a bad guy. Is it not Kevin Bacon who I'm thinking of? He's the villain in First Class. He's right. the one trying but he, to cause the missile. But he is a mutant, right? Yeah, I guess it's just like that. He was mostly being played by. He's got the helmet that Magneto takes. Right, of course. Um. Yeah, but I don't I'll, remember what his power is. I don't remember either. Um, what I do like in this movie, uh, even though I'm um, like she's she might overstay her welcome plot wise, is uh, Moira. I forgot about Rosebrain. Even though I just was saying how much I love First Class, I like forgot about her role in First yeah, Class. Yeah, she's like significant. And I definitely forgot about the memory thing. That for sure. Like I had. Zero recollection of that, much like her. When they showed the little flashback at the end, I was like, yes, this this is all very familiar. I like what, you know, the, the setup that they have with her and Charles. Um, I know, he needs somebody. I liked it, and I'm like, why didn't she come back for Dark Phoenix? You know, we just like... Is she not she's in not it? She's not in it. It's like, we just leave this here, which is just like, come on. I liked it a lot. Although, if they brought her back, they probably would have ended up just killing her. I have a feeling. Just to make him more sad. Well, yeah. he dies. Doesn't he? Wait, who dies? Charles. In, in Dark, Dark Phoenix? Phoenix? Does he? I could be thinking of X3. I think it's X3. I mean, I know he dies in X3. Think, I don't think he dies in Dark Phoenix because they weren't planning on ending the series with Dark Phoenix. Okay. But we'll figure that out when we watch it, which will be in, in a while. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I already said this, I think, but I like that they're planting Dark Phoenix in this movie. And I think they do a good job of planting her as a, of what she's capable of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's nothing like inherently wrong with it. Like, but to me, it's just like, we just met Jean and like in the original movies, like she got to like do her thing for a while before the Phoenix became a problem or we even like knew about it, which like. Maybe I would be, like, less annoyed by it if I didn't know that they immediately did a, another bad version of Dark Phoenix, like, right after. Like, it was, they, like, robbed themselves of a chance of another story because they were so zeroed in on the Jean Grey of it. I think, if I had to guess, I think most people that, like, are pretty familiar with the comics would be, like, what's the point of having Jean Grey as a character if we're not going to have Dark Phoenix? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just boring. Like, it's just, like, not showing what she's capable of. Yeah. Like, that's, like, so, in, like, intri- intrinsic to her character that, like, y- you can't do Jean Grey without Dark Phoenix. 
Yeah, I mean, I, you're probably right. It's just like, just like on a on a meta level, I'm like, we we shouldn't be doing this again. Like that's like what was bothering me. I think it's hard. It was hard for me the first time around because like in the adult version, like it's such a shock that she's Dark Phoenix because one, I didn't know the comics like that, and two, it it's only introduced I think in the third one or like I just wasn't catching on if it was introduced in the second one. Um, and you just think that she's like a tele, you don't, you just don't know like that that's like brewing under the surface and they're like, oh, we're doing this plot. So here's all of the background. So in this, like if, if the first trilogy hadn't happened, I think that this is like the way to do it. At least the setup. I'm not talking about the actual movie, Dark Phoenix, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, you've got her like as a young person struggling with her powers and then like unleashing it. And then like in the next movie, like what does she do now that she's taken the you know, the phoenix out of the can or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I get it. What's your problem with it? I don't know. I I mean... Like, you just don't like the Dark Phoenix plot. Yeah, I just just think, like... I just don't like that they did it again. I don't think, like, the execution of it in this movie is, like, fine. It's just, like, I can't separate it from being, like, they're just, like, writing themselves into a corner when they didn't have to. They could have, like slowed down the character development instead of like cramming it all into like what was already a very busy movie. I don't know. Like, I do just, you think you, you think that you just want like Jean Grey to be in this as Jean Grey and no hint of dark Phoenix in this movie? I wouldn't have been mad if they didn't do dark Phoenix. And then the next movie you start to have it be a problem and then have it like culminate and just like take the time. I don't know, but that's what they're doing, but they're not They're They, they wanted to like, introduce a new Jean Grey, have her go Phoenix in one movie, which they did, and then have it culminate a movie later, right after we met this character. But we're not dealing with any fallout of... She's just using her powers. That's all she's doing in this. She's not doing... She's not Dark Phoenix in this. She's just using her Phoenix powers, basically. Yeah. She doesn't do anything, like, evil. Dark. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I don't know. I, I guess it's just, like... (sighs) <sighs> Whatever, I can talk in circles, but you're on the money. I mean, I don't, that's not what I'm like looking to hear. I'm just not, I, I feel like I'm not following where you're coming from. I just like don't, well, I guess like the end point is like, I just don't like how this movie is written. And I don't think like if they wanted to do the Phoenix plotline again, um, and they want to explore Jean Grey's psyche and all that. I just don't think they did a very... I just don't think they did a good job of it. It was, like... It was in there, and they, like... They told her story, but it was so... To me, like, just muddled. And just, like, between all this other, like... Big, like, stuff crashing down around them. And, like, all of Magneto's stuff. And I'm just, like, it's just... It didn't... For me, it just didn't work. Like, as a through line. Like, it felt like they wanted to do this Jean Grey thing, but they... And they did, like, bring her in, like, you know, when it, and when Charles and Apocalypse are, like, in their minds. Like, I was going to say, end, like, what about in this movie? Like, not, like kind of set the next movie aside. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's, I, I think the, I, I do think the whole movie is written not that great. But I do think her character arc in this movie is good. Yeah, I feel like it makes sense and it's, like, paced well. Like, yeah, I, I just, yeah, you're right. I have trouble separating it from, like, the context. But in a vacuum, it's good. They, We have this character. We have a hook now. We know what she can do. Yeah. 
And right, you're right. Like, she doesn't do anything wrong. We I, just see that she's, like, right. hella powerful. And I'll, I'll just get all my notes about it out of the way now so we don't have to revisit sure. it at the end. But um, I think what I like best about it is that she's she's pretty unassuming during the be- like the whole beginning of the movie. Like, we know that she's, like, powerful because she can, like, do a lot. And, like, she has these, like, nightmares. But in terms of, like, what she's capable of power-wise. And, like, and I wish they had actually, like, esca- like elevated this plot more. But, like, Apocalypse's whole thing is he's, like, trying to find mutants that are really powerful to bring on Enesis for horsemen. And he finds, you know, Magneto, obviously, who's really powerful, like, Storm, I guess. <laughs> um, she doesn't seem that powerful in this movie. Um, Olivia Munn, she's very powerful, I guess. Like, Angel, yeah. And then, like, we're not... He's, like, not even... She's not even on his radar, Mm -hmm. kind of. And, like, no... She's not on anyone's radar because, like, no one knows what she's capable of. And then she kind of comes up. Not And it's not even out of nowhere because it's, like, it's been brewing in the background this whole time. So I I like it. Yeah, I do like that. And that's a really good point about, like, the, the recruitment and stuff. I didn't really think about it like that. She's just, like, she's, like, their secret weapon, but she, like, doesn't even know that mm-hmm. she's, like, their secret weapon. I like that. Anyway, my favorite line of the movie is Kurt saying, I'm blue. I'm blue. <laughs> I like that a lot. I, I liked this uh, this Nightcrawler. You know, he's, he's no Alan yeah. Cumming, but he's... I, I kind of liked him better than Alan Cumming's <gasps> Nightcrawler. Oh, my God. The, that Nightcrawler plot is, like, annoying to me. It, it kind of is, yeah. Yeah, you're right. But, I mean, he was... he. This guy was easily the best of, like, the the not, like, main crew of mutants. Like, He's in the main squad. He's got a suit. Well, at, towards the end, but, like, his like, introduction in the middle. Yeah. Like, I, you know, like, he gets introduced along with Angel, who is, like, a total nothing of a character. Yeah, he's boring. He is... He's nothing... I, like, I liked it better when on. he was Stryker. Not Stryker's son. It was somebody else's son. It was, like, a politician's son. Yeah, he was, like, one of the anti-mutant politicians in X3, I think. Yeah. yeah. And he's trying to keep it a secret. I guess that's not the case in this. We just, we don't know anything about him. He's, like, doing cage fights. Um, yeah, that's, like, I'll I'll try to keep my, any complaining to a minimum. But, Chris, like. This is the whole point. The, all the, not all, because Magneto counts as part of that, but Angel, Storm, and Psylocke, who is Olivia Munn's character, there's nothing there. I know. What were they thinking? Like, Like, Storm I think was, Olivia Munn was trying to do a lot with her eyes because they gave her no like, lines. She had, like, but five lines. she was trying lines. to, like, know. be so scary and intimidating. Her powers, Cool. Like, yeah. love it. Loved it when she, like, fell off the airplane and then, like, did the thing yeah. on the side. Yeah, but, like, god damn. Like, they had, she had nothing. Like, when we meet her, she's, like, hanging out in Caliban's little hideout. No yeah, backstory. Caliban had no way nothing. more lines. Caliban talked a lot. Caliban is also in Logan, but different actor. Um, so she got, like, the worst end of the stick, uh, followed by Angel, who, what was even going on with him? He's, like, a drunk like, he's just, like, sad and his wings are fucked up. Well, he was sad because up. his wings got fucked up. He's not normally like that. Oh, okay. So he's his wings got he fucked up and he's like sad. He feels like he's, he's got nothing because he doesn't have his powers. Right, which is fair. And then Storm, what is what are we doing? 
Like, Should we talk about Storm? I just think, like, this is the, one of the most egregious things they did because everybody loved Storm and Halle Berry. Like, even if part of it is the meme about Toads getting struck by lightning, she is still, like, you know, Storm relevant. is OG. She's in the main crew. Yeah. She's always been with Charles. I don't like how they introduced this Storm like that she was originally with Apocalypse and like Mystique is like her hero. Like, no, she's a a colleague. She's yeah, on their like, level. She should have been introduced in first class and I don't know why she wasn't. Because I feel like when first class came out, Matthew Vaughn and the writers were like, we're not, we're going to separate ourselves. I mean, I guess she's supposed right? to be the same age as Jean and Scott. Sure. She's yeah, with them, right. Which is why they introduced her in this. Sure. But they just like... If they, like, really... If they were serious about introducing Storm as, like, a mainstay of this series, this was not the way to do it. Because when when you introduce, like, all these characters who we first see, you know, becoming disciples of Apocalypse and fighting with them, and then an hour later, they're like, psych, bitch, I actually don't want to, like, work with you anymore. It's like, how can I trust you at all? Right. You'll just, like, fall in with whoever. You're a bunch of idiots. And that's not how I want to think about Storm. I mean, I don't think it's that flippant. Like, I think it's, we, it's see, not we see her react to Mystique, and, like, we understand why she changes her position. Yeah. No, so. I'm, I'm being very flippant. But it is, you're right, but it, it all happens, like, you know, on screen in a pretty short amount of time. We needed to see her, like save somebody's life that's mm-hmm. in the crew and then because of that they're like you're with us now like we needed to see a a moment where they're like we're on the same team and she just ends up like kind of helping them defeat him and like that's not enough yeah yeah like great love that they just like did a very weird thing with all these characters um i also had a note uh that I don't know how I clocked this. I guess I was on IMDb, and I had mentioned um, Jubilee before, who's, like, she, like, goes to the mall with them. Yeah. Um, she's played by L- Lana Condor, and I guess she's mostly known for being... This was her film debut, actually, which, you know, she's not really in it very much. She's got, like, two lines. Um, mostly known for doing To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, also... <laughs> The voice of Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, a movie which I cannot believe is real. I'm not familiar. We saw the trailer for it uh, when we were at a movie, oh, and we were like, "What the fuck I do is know. I that?" I thought this was like an older movie. No, I think I think they played the trailer like before Across the Spider Verse. Yeah, <laughs> and we were like, "What is going on?" That movie made like ten dollars. Coming off one of my favorite lines to one of my least favorite lines, there were a couple including Michael Fassbender saying, who the fuck are you? Classic no. classic X-Men movies using fuck. But Eric would never say that. They, like... They got his character wrong. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Multiple times. Yeah. That was the most glaring. <laughs> yeah, well... I, I can't remember if they s- said fuck in Days of Future Past. They must have, because they love doing that. They did it in first class when they had Wolverine say it to Charles and Eric. That was good. And then this was not great, and the one in Dark Phoenix is even worse. I just want to be clear. It's not because he says fuck. I don't care about that. I it's don't give a his, fuck. It's just his attitude. 
Eric would not say to someone, who the fuck are you? Mm -hmm. He just wouldn't. Yeah. You're right. His son would. Yes, but not him. Wolverine would. Right. Yeah, it was just like, you, you guys can come up with somewhere else to put that. Um, one, so going back to um, just the Oscar Isaac of it all, not even really about him, but that's just how I've been written in my notes. It's like weird having him just like, like go from place to place collecting these people. Like it looks weird. And I, I think it's a problem when movies try to have characters that are like not from this world, like from old timey. You yeah. know, not just like old timey, but like old, real, real old timey, ancient. You could say it just like it just looks not right, and the fact that he's not looking of this world, even on top of it, because it's like they're not playing up the fact that he doesn't know what's going on because he does. He's like taking in all the information. Right. He watched a bunch of TV, but. It's just, like, weird watching him, like, standing in his little bubble with, like, these other people. And it's like, okay, here we go. Like, it's so clunky. Yes. God, the whole thing is so clunky. But it is weird. It's like they, they wanted to have they wanted to have Apocalypse, but they didn't know what to do with him. So, like you said, he's just kind of, like, bopping around and gathering this crew of very hip teenagers like, he should be so powerful that they're coming to him. Yeah. That he is, like, creating this, like, magnetic force hmm. that is getting them to him. Yeah. Yeah, instead it's like, it's, you know, it's like if we had been forced to watch Thanos go around and be like, hey, do you guys want to join my little club? And that's how he gets, like, the Black Order. It's like, no, we... If we're going to do that, then we should do what you just said or just have him introduced in modern day already with this group and leave it up to our imagination on how that group came right. together so we don't have to see the reality of it, which is so lame. Or if he was, like, looking like Oscar Isaac, it wouldn't be like so Like you weird. already said before, It's yes. weird that he's in his, like, cloak. The cloak is real, is what I think it all comes down to for me. Yeah, X me on the cloak, eh? <laughs> I still can't. He looks like Doctor Doom. Apparently, I can't remember what it's from. Oh, I think it's a Power Rangers villain um, that he got a he lot. He also of looks like a Power to. Rangers villain. Oh yes, Ivan Ooze from from Power Rangers, and I mean, like, look. Let's be honest. We we all see it, right? Yes. So, <laughs> somewhat unfortunate. I I was just very entertained by his like red eyes. I was just, like, giggling to myself. Eyes? When he, like, first, like, is, like, talking to Storm, his eyes are all red. And he's, like, in her little apartment. And he's, like, like watching the TV. He's, like, I'm learning. And Storm's, like, I don't really have anything in the fridge. I'm, like, this guy's just, like, stoned out of his mind. That's all I could think about in that moment. And that was my favorite apocalypse moment in the movie. Yeah, but then it kind of went away um, after a while. Because then his eyes would, like, alternate between, like, when he's, like, in telepathy mode or not. Yeah, um, they definitely, like, wanted to have Apocalypse as, like, this big threat, but they didn't have the the writing to back it up. Like, it just, it it comes off so, like, 
amateur level, him just, like, gathering up all, like, these, like, really young mutants who aren't... And Michael Fassbender. And Magneto. That feels like they were, like, uh... Oh, sorry, I don't know why we went to Auschwitz. That was, like, I don't know. I didn't like that, because it's, like, Eric... Magneto already knows how strong he is. Like, and to have this moment where it's, like, Apocalypse being, like, I, you don't even know your true power. And also, yeah, it's, like, it's a little on the nose. Like, isn't he it? does know his own power, and he doesn't need that reminder. He's got a fresh wound that's, like, just ripping and roaring. Right. Like, why did we need to, like, do that? Like, we're just revisiting. You gave him a new trauma because, sure, you need to, like, keep him depressed and angry. I but mean, also, like, part of it was, like, him proving, I guess, that he, like, knows stuff about him. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, a little bit, but that's, like, not... I don't know. I thought that was really hackneyed. Um, I guess my favorite thing that Apocalypse does do is, like, him, like, launching all the nukes into space. Like, I thought that was a cool moment, because it's like, oh, he's gonna use the nukes, and he's like, no, he's not. He just wants it, like, out of the equation completely. Um, I thought that was was really, really neat, you know? What did you think about the zinger, about the third one is always the worst? (laughs) That was uh, that was kind of funny. I, I thought that was funny, but like talking. Also, do they know that about, this one's the third yeah, one? Yeah, talking a lot of smack for for this movie. I think it, it is a funny line, but in a movie like this, like it kind of makes me a grimace because I'm like, guys really weren't uh, doing a good enough job following up First Class and Days of Future Past to be making those kind of riffs, especially written by the guy that did the third one. Like I I get it. Like it's very like self-deprecating humor but like if you haven't stepped your game up since then maybe maybe cool it on the trash talk pal um one character i feel like we haven't talked about a lot is mystique in this yeah i know there's a lot of criticism about like mystique just being like jennifer lawrence the whole time because like they want to use her face not like oscar isaac (laughs) um but i thought that Mystique's characterization is like really good in this movie. Yeah, I, I tell me more about that because I kind of walked away from it being like Mystique made a really big impression on me in the first two, and in this one I felt like it wasn't the energy like wasn't the same. Maybe not like really good, but I liked what they did with her character because like coming off of Days of Future Past, like she is supposed to be like a changed person, but she still has her like principles I guess and I like her doing this like vigilante thing where she's like working because that's her whole thing is she wants to save mutants Mm -hmm. so she doesn't fully fit in with Eric's camp because like Eric's willing to kill mutants for like the greater good she's not willing to go along with Charles because Charles fucks with her but also because he's like too weak so like she's trying to find her own path and I think she really does and then like her kind of at the end like taking on this like leadership role of like I'm gonna train these mutants because this is what I care about I liked all of that stuff I thought that it was a little hacked like how they had her be like I'm not gonna be my true self because I'm like getting too much attention or something Whatever. Like, I get that they wanted to, like, find a way to, like, just have her look like I think it's also Jennifer Lawrence hated doing the prosthetics and makeup. I'm sure. That looks like it fucking sucks. Um, Either way, like, I I thought the actual, like, characterization really worked. Yeah. She did have a good character arc in this one. I liked this line that she says where she's like, just because there isn't a war doesn't mean that there's not, that there's peace. 
just because there isn't a war doesn't mean that there's peace happening. Yeah. I just liked it. I like that too. It's not war. It's not wartime, but it's not always peacetime. Either. Yeah, she's like, you're just because like they're not actively going after mutants doesn't mean that mutants are safe. Kinda. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I just like that she always challenges Charles. I think she's a little bit too soft on Eric, obviously, but yeah, yeah, bit of bit of a blind spot there. Like Charles is not perfect, but also like. Like Magneto is the the paragon of mutant morality, and like Eric couldn't take another death, but in some ways, like she would have had a more heroic death in this movie than she does in the next one. Yeah, it's so nothing in the next movie. Like this, yeah, this would have been like the apex of her character arc if they had chosen to do that. But like, like she's found her purpose right. in this movie. I think I honestly do think Dark Phoenix like did a lot of damage to people's perception of Jennifer Lawrence playing Mystique. Because I know people said that she phoned it in for this movie. No, I don't think so. Yeah, but like I would probably agree for Dark Phoenix. I think everybody phoned it in. No one was interested in that. So kind of a shame. Except for Sansa. Yeah. Because yeah, they came the same year Game of Thrones is ending. So you know, needed a backup plan. Um, let me see. I'm just kind of looking through my notes, but also for the plot. Um. I want to talk about the Quicksilver scene. Yes, that's so, where we're Something that I... So I like the scene, right? Like, the Quicksilver scene in Days of Future Past was great. And, like, they were like, okay, we're going to, like, try to step it up a notch. Great song choice. So 80s. Love it. Are you about to hate the, on it? No, this I'm is not like gonna, my favorite scene. I'm not going to hate on the scene because the scene itself is great. I don't like how they sandwich it. Because, like, for me, the Days of Future Past one worked really well because, like, it was, like, kind of insulated, Right. Like, we know, we know what's going on. Like, he's going to do this, like, badass thing. We're getting Eric out of the prison. Like, we know where it's going. For this, it's, like, I know they, and they kind of, like, undo it at the end, which I forgot about. But I was, like, the X-Mansion is literally blowing up, and then someone dies. So, like, I didn't, like, I was, like, this is fun, but I'm, like, fuck. Like, he's, there's a fucking dead guy in there, and it's, like, Cyclops' brother. The stakes were, like, really high. And it kind of like when it ended, I was like, mm. kind of like it's made a as, joke of it. Yeah, it's like not as fun, but the scene itself is great. I love it with him making like the the uh, thing out of like the curtains against and like him carrying the dog around while he's eating the pizza. No, I yeah. love all that shit. It's great. Like this Quicksilver is unparalleled. I mean, part of it too is that we don't know that he's dead until right. the very end. So it and then he like has a jarring reaction to it, right. which I thought. They, like, it made was it good. work. But, like, it, I, I guess I liked the, the Days of Future Past one a little bit better just because of that. Like, it was, it, I don't know. It was, like, fun in its own right, but this, like, kind of undercuts it, you know, for, for dramatic effect. But definitely not trying to hate on the scene itself. This is probably, like, the best scene in the movie. It reminds me of the Flash scene with the babies, but obviously, like, science works differently in yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I thought that they do superhero movies do that really well. They yeah. figured that part out. Yes. Oh man, that was it is a fun scene though and I was I remember being very happy that they that they did another one of these because honestly like I I feel like no not I don't feel like I I wish Quicksilver had had a bit more to do involving like the main plot in this. They kind of like shoehorn him in with the stuff about Magneto being his dad but it doesn't get resolved. So it's for me like kind of like this awkward like they all, they like didn't quite 
half-ass it, but they didn't whole-ass it either. I think again, they were, like, trying to sprinkle it, leave it open for something. Yeah. He, it would have been great if they had done a spinoff for him. Yeah, it's just, like, they, he never had enough room to breathe. Although I don't know what, like, I don't know if he could support a whole movie. As a, as a as solo lead. lead, probably not. They would need to, like, tone him down a little bit. They would, Or they would need to do, like, a Magneto movie. Yeah. And then he would be in that. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see a buddy cop version of that. Me too. I love that Eric can feel Charles's presence immediately. Of course. Um, And then just just a note for Charles. For being able to see in people's heads, he really doesn't know the right thing to say ever. Isn't that his whole thing, though? Yeah. He's, like, so smart in some ways, but he's just like... I'm like, you literally can hear what they're thinking, and yet you still say the wrong fucking thing. Like, he always fucks it up with Eric and with Mystique. Just no tact. Like, find a different... It's just he's a broken record, you know? He is. He's so annoying when he wants to be annoying. Or he doesn't want to be annoying. He just is. I'm like, come on, man. Like, every time he's, like, on the right track about something, he manages to fuck it up. And it's like, no one's making you do that. No one's making you say this stupid shit. I mean, I feel like there's nothing to say to Eric in this moment. It's like, he's too heartbroken. Like, you're not going to get through to him. And, like, you you have to know that. Like, you know what's going on. Like, you think now is the time? The only thing would be to be like, this This is not going to get you what you want. Mm-hmm. Like, to, like that, that route. But... Yeah. But I did definitely forget about Alex being dead by his own blast, which is, like, horrific. Yeah. And I know that, like, like, Scott sits with it, but I don't feel like the movie sits with it. No, it's like, what did, what did he do to deserve that, you know? Ay, ay, ay. But I, I did forget that uh, Jean Grey was able to, like, put the whole school back together because I was like, huh, I don't remember that being a plot. I feel like Batman needed that. <laughs> Desperately, yes. That was sad. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, I had notes about, about Stryker and then the whole, like, prison sequence. Yeah. Which I, of course, like, Stryker being in, like, every single one of these movies is just, like, to me, like, a running comedic bit. There's been, like, four sure. actors playing him. You know, we really peaked with Brian Cox. I do think this was the same one as... Days of Future Days, Past. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. And they kind of like wrote themselves into this weird spot where it was like at the end of Days of Future Past, Wolverine's at the bottom of the river. He gets fished out by Stryker, but it's not Stryker. It's actually Mystique. And that's like the last that we see of him jump forward 10 years. <laughs> and despite the timeline changing, um, Logan getting captured by Stryker and giving an adamantium skeleton is a canon event. <laughs> and it's always going to happen. Yeah. I'm just like, damn, man, he can't, he can't escape this anywhere. You know, at no point... During this movie, up until this point, was I like, you know what I'm really missing? Wolverine. I never thought that at any point. But the movie is like, are you sure about that? Did you feel like that? Were you at like, oh man, Wolverine's not in this. No, because it feels nothing like the other X-Men movies. Like, it's not, if they like did an X-Men movie that was like the cast of the original trilogy without Logan, I'd be like, yeah, something's missing here. But this is like, not at all. Um, It's... Yeah, no, like, 
and the plot of this movie like did not beg for Logan's inclusion. This was just like fan service and why the hell not? Also, I forgot he was in it like that the sequence that he part. was in that that long. I thought maybe it was like a, they just find the Weapon X thing and that's it. Like also was no one checking in on him after the quote incident. Right. Like what's going on? I don't I don't know what's like Charles is that, doing a bad job. That gap is with, just um, yeah, whatever it's called, right. cerebro. Yeah, like what? So he like knows that Wolverine did all this stuff in 1973, and then he's like, "Well, I'll never see that guy again." No, I mean I think part like you can excuse it away, being like he's a lone wolf, like he's not going to be part of the pack, right? Kind of thing, even though he like joins forces with them and he's like trying to get them to be on a team. I forgot though that like a version of him is still in the 70s. Yeah, because it was like it's like his consciousness is going back and forth. Yeah, like he didn't go back in time, but his mind went back in time and it like took over his 70s brain. It is, it is weird, but um, and I don't know what like the Gene restoring his memories was supposed to be. Was that supposed to be like kind of like a wink to something? I was like, maybe it's like about his brother or. I don't know, because we don't know what he's up to before like Rogue finds him. Yeah. So I, I guess I don't know. He's just fucking around in the Canadian wilderness somewhere. Also, it's weird that he's meeting Gene at this age. Right? Like, it's weird. The implications of it, I don't think that they even intended. Yeah, it was super weird. I mean, in reality, like, it's weird no matter what, because he's old as fuck. Yes. Even in the original. But, like, she's a teenager right now. Right. It's like an Edward Cullen thing. It is an Edward Cullen thing. Except for he's more of a Jacob. Really just about the age, but you're also right. Yeah, it was a little fan service moment, and I wonder if it was also supposed to be, like, uh, drumming up, hey, guys, remember there's a Wolverine movie coming out next year? Like, make sure you see it. Oh, like Logan? Uh Uh-huh. But I don't know if that's the case. Maybe he was just under contract. Oh, yeah. I mean, he didn't have his regular contract, though. No. Because we no, didn't see his no, ass. No butt shot. Yeah, Molly was like, oh, of course he's got to be naked. Then it pans up and he's wearing shorts. And she's like, oh, never mind. I was like, this is a frontal shot. This is a PG-13 movie. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> look away, look away. Um, I have some more stuff. I don't know where you're at. My notes kind of devolved after this point because I had to, you know, take a take a break from watching the movie. My my main <laughs> thought was at this point, like when we get to Cairo and we're like setting up by the pyramid, which I remembered enough to know like, oh, this is like where the final battle takes place. I was like, there's still 45 minutes left of this movie. What? But I mean, they jammed Someone a bunch of a, shit into a it. bathroom break. <laughs> a little bit. OK. Eric, back to Eric, my fave. This is, like, other than him being, like, who the fuck are you? The second reason this is just they didn't get him right. Even if he's, like, under this, like, 
somewhat of a trance. Like, we don't really know. Like, or just, like, power trip, I guess, is, like, what they're all on. The Four Horsemen, in general. Yeah, I don't think they're being controlled. I think they're just, like, really prone to following cult leaders. Well, that's what I was going to say. Eric? Eric? is not a, a follower. He's just not. He doesn't follow. Like, that's literally his whole thing, is that he's not going to just do the program. He's not a Nazi, you know? It's... <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's so... Oh, so, this like, him so just going along with him, and, like, him... The, the, there's, like, this moment where you've got, you know, Oscar Isaac in the front, and then them all kind of behind him, like, getting ready to do, like, whatever their plan is. And then he, like, does what he's told by, like, getting the minerals out of the ground or whatever. And I'm just, like, I get that he, like, maybe agrees or just, like, wants to do this. But, like, he wouldn't do it the way he's doing it. He's not just following this guy. Yeah. Blindly. It's so dumb. It's so, so it's yeah, it's so not in character. I forgot actually that they made him one of the four horsemen. I thought that he was like kind of like, oh, this guy knows what's up, so I'm gonna go to him and like do my thing. Yeah. I didn't remember that he was one of the horsemen. I thought it was somebody else. Yeah. Actually yeah, I thought so. it was Mystique for a second, then I remembered like how they do her thing. Um, yeah, I mean I, I just totally agree though. Uh in a movie that's, like, full of, like, questionable writing for virtually every character. This was just, like, a double-down, like, character assassination of Eric. Because, one, it's, like, so unlike him to do that. Just, to like, blindly follow and be like, sure, bro. Like, yeah, I'll do this plan. And then also, it's just, like, it makes it a thousand times worse that he does it. And then immediately just, like, backs down and, like, switches sides again. Because, like, we all know that Magneto is, like, wishy-washy. Like... I feel like every supervillain in the X-Men I don't think he's wishy-washy. Like, I feel like he, you know, no villain would want to be in a league with him because they're like, oh, like, what if Charles talks to him again and then he changes sides at the last second because he, he doesn't want to hurt any more mutants. This one, he, like, he changes sides. But I don't think he really does that. But he, well, he, he changed, gets stopped. I mean, yeah, but in this one, he, like, turns on Apocalypse. He's like, Oh, Stop. for sure. And I'm just like, what was the point of even having him participate this far if you're just going to, like... I mean, they all just, like, turn on him eventually. It's just, like, it's badly written. But that's what I'm saying is, like, I don't think Eric is normally wishy-washy. Like, I don't think... Like, I I think his whole thing is that he's, like, this... He has his principles. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's why he never stays with, with Charles. Like, Charles might be able to, like, talk to him about, like, like your principles are in contradiction with each other. Because mm-hmm. I do think, like, that happens where he's, like contradicting his own self but like he's always going to follow eric (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) or magneto yeah Yeah, that's right um yeah it's stupid um a bit of a lighter note but also kind of a a sad note for charles i just like feel bad that he's just stuck in this purple sweater for the rest of the movie like, he put it on that day and was like, it's just another day, just another sweater. <laughs> Little did he know he's going to be wearing it for the rest of the movie. <laughs> not not I great. I didn't love it. Not great. It's it like just not makes even... him look very feminine and, like... 
It's not even 80s, you know? I don't know. Like, there's nothing obviously wrong with a man being feminine, but it just doesn't work for me. It was, like, from, like, the 60s, it looked like. like well, a, that's what his main era is. Yeah, you're not wrong, but... <laughs> no, it's just, like, a normal sweater. It's, like, from the 2000s. <laughs> you got it at Ross. <laughs> Banana Republic. No, it, feel, it, it feels like just, a... It looks kind of preppy. Yeah. I don't know. It feels like a Ross purchase to me. You don't even know what Ross got it is. Got on sale. Uh, also, I forgot that Angel fucking dies in a plane crash. Like, bro, you can fly. He, yeah, <laughs> they're gonna kill the one character that can fly in a plane. Even even Olivia Munn got out of there safely. Thank God. Also, does I she just come noticed, back? Because she's no. like very threatening at the end. She is. She is again not. with the eye, a lot of eye acting. Yes, she has nothing to do with the next movie. Also. She's bigger on the poster than Cyclops, Beast, and Jean Grey. She is... Was Olivia Munn, like, popping off? There's no way. Olivia Munn has not been popping off since she was on Attack of the Show on G4 back in 2007. I didn't understand any of what you just said. Really? Oh, well, okay. Attack of the Show... What is she famous from? I mean, that's, like, what she did first. She was, like, a, a TV, like, host and correspondent. Attack of the Show was, like... A G four series about like video games and pop culture. She was one of the hosts of it, and I used to watch that a lot. And then she was on the newsroom, so I guess there's that. Um, I mean, I don't know. She's had a very weird career. Wow, this movie is like what comes up as a little video when you pull up her IMDb. It's like from this movie, Apocalypse. That's not. That's not ideal. It's just, I can't believe that she's that big on the poster. I mean, she's in Ride Along 2. Oh, my God. Ride Along 2. What is even Ride Along? That's Ice Cube and... No. Um, Kevin Hart, maybe? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was a Daily Show correspondent. Oh, yeah. I think that's where she started. I see. Well, I still heavily associate her with Attack of the Show, so. Um, anyway, like, honestly, good for her. I mean, yeah. I hope that uh, she got, like, paid a shitload of money for this. Because it's a lot of publicity. And she was, like, doing her best with, like, not getting a lot. Sure, she had no material to work with. Um... They, we already talked about this. They did Storm Dirty in this movie. And I guess this is, like, supposed to be, like, her origin. Which, like, great. Give her an origin. Have her be from the Middle East. Something like that. But, like, have her join up with the team that she is known for. She is an OG X-Men. What a concept. Yeah, like, seriously. Sorry, I not Nightcrawler. Like, you're not OG we all know Storm. Like, if anyone's been on the suit, it should be Storm. Yes, I agree completely. They did her so dirty. She's the only one alive at the end of X3. <laughs> she and Charles. Yeah. I don't even... Is Beast alive? I think so. I Kelsey think, Grammer? I think Kelsey still Grammer there, but... <laughs> they can't kill off Kelsey Grammer in the same movie that they introduced him in. That'd be devastating. Was he not introduced until X3? I don't think so. That's messed up. Um, anyway. Yeah, I, big fight scene. I don't really have any notes on this. Besides. I thought it was a pretty good battle. 
It was. A lot of people Split them up. got to use their abilities. All, yeah. Little individual fights. Um, Moira's here. She is. I just thought it was so funny that, like, she's just, like, stuck she's in the, the shit. Plane. She's just, like, hanging out. Like, when the plane, like, goes down, she's just, like, around. She's doing, like, what everyone is supposed to do. It's, like, stay with the plane, and she does. Yeah. She, she, she's a good she soldier. She decided to do her job. Uh, yeah. And um, then we, we already yeah. talked about all the Phoenix stuff. This would have been a better death for Raven, because he's, like, choking her out. Yeah, like, a, some sort of, like sacrifice maybe not like that you know that's kind of like going out like loki in infinity war but if she had managed to get like some some secret move off and then gotten killed for it, sure yeah right um yeah and i know we already talked about gene but i think the last part of what i was gonna say about that which i forgot to say earlier was that yeah like she's being used as like the secret weapon and i would say normally that's kind of a cop-out like oh she's just like over powerful but, like, the thing about Jean Grey slash Dark Phoenix is that there are consequences. And, like, we're obviously going to deal with the consequences in the next movie. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good thing. It's, like, you're not just, oh, we have the most powerful mutant, like, of all time. We She can just be powerful all the time. Like, she has this consequence. Yeah, yeah. She's always a double-edged sword. That's what I was trying to say earlier, too. It's, like, you have to have one. You have to have both. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can just have one. yeah. And I, I, I want to look it up. Like, I don't know how long Jean Grey was, like, in the comics before the Dark Phoenix storyline was a thing. Like, I don't I don't know if that was, like, kind of, like, an immediate, like, she was brought in knowing that they were going to take her story there. Or, like, what she was even doing before Phoenix. I know, like, very little about most of the X-Men in the comics lore, so. I feel like I complained about, like, the Dark Phoenix plot once to somebody, and they were, like what? You have to have Dark Phoenix. Like, they were just like, that. that's just like how it is. Like, so th- I think that's stuck with me. It's like, mm-hmm. you, ha- you, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe I'm talking shit. Like, maybe that's not true. I don't but know. To me, it feels, like, appropriate that you have this, like, all, like, super, like, powerful powers. And then you have to have some sort of balance for it. You have to have a kryptonite. Sure. Otherwise, you have a boring Superman. Yes, indeed. Can't have that. And I guess, like, you could just have Jean Grey, like, not be that powerful, but, like, she is. Yeah. It's either that or you just don't do Jean Grey. Right. That's what I was saying. Yeah. I get it. Also, this, uh, we have this training sequence, which you already mentioned. Everybody's wearing the suits. I don't think they bring those suits back in Dark Phoenix. I actually think I just saw a meme about it because the Dark Phoenix ones look kind of like Halloween costumes. But this is also continuing a classic X-Men tradition of being like, here's everybody in their matching suits. And then the next movie, what? <laughs> what matching suits? I'm we not no looking forward to watching the next movie with you. <laughs> Yikes. I'm going to do some self-reflection. Well, I just really like the X-Men. I know. I'm sorry. I don't I don't mean to be dumping on... No, I, I dump on I movies just, all the time. I liked First Class and Days of Future Past so much, and this movie just, like, yeah. doesn't meet the bar. And it's not like... I'm talking, like, a lot I of mean, shit this I episode. I Like, this movie is not horrible, but I'm just, like, they did such a good job, like, bringing back the X-Men series after the trilogy, and it was just, like... This movie is just, like, you didn't... You didn't know how to handle... The, the property that you were given, but especially after Days of Future Past. The other thing is, like, how long were they going to keep going? Like, if this is, like, kind of, well, I guess it's in the midst of MCU, but, like, most superhero things, it is just, like, a trilogy. 
So, and then they were trying to do these, like, offshoot origin things, like Wolverine and then, I guess, Dark Phoenix. But, like, so I think they they might not have wanted to keep going forever. Yeah. They I mean, wanted to wrap it up. And that's the best way to wrap it up is to blow it up. You know, that's what I always say. <laughs> I have heard you say that a lot. I mean, yeah, you're right. Um but maybe I've like it's I've not like they too, just too. started these movies. Like you're kind of talking like if they just started it, it's like, well, no, they've already done this is the third movie. Yeah. I know I, it feels like a reset because of Days of Future Past, but I, I do think like a lot of my opinions on this are like colored by how the movies were actually being developed, like after the fact. This was like originally planned to be like the end of a trilogy, another trilogy that they had started with first class. But I think midway through production, they were like, no, like, let's not do that. And then yeah. they decided to keep it going. And I think if maybe if they hadn't had like that second guessing and they had been like, we're going to cap off another trilogy right here with Apocalypse, we could have had a stronger movie because yeah. I feel like they were like a little bit between like, like you're saying, like, we're, we're at our third movie. Let's like finish this plot line. They were split between that and being like, oh, we have all these young actors right. who are like, very popular right now. Let's keep it going. Yeah. I think they should have ended it and then, like, maybe do the Jean Grey movie with some of your characters, but, like, not make it part of the trilogy. I mean, you could use the same actors. Right. It's, like, kind of setting it up. Yeah. And I kind of think they tried to do that just, like, by virtue of the name alone. Like, it's not X-Men Dark Phoenix. It's just Dark Phoenix. So I'm wondering if that was, like, part of the thought process, too. Who... We haven't played a game in a while. We have not. We'll do it quick because this has kind of been a long episode. Which character can take on Jean Grey slash Dark Phoenix? Ooh, wait. Okay, from like anything? Yeah. Oh. Um. Uh. Okay. Here, I'll give you a specific one. Who would be? Who would win? Scarlet, Scarlet Witch, or Dark Phoenix? Ooh. Like scary Scarlet. I think it's Scarlet Witch. Because as much as we see, like, obviously Dark Phoenix is, like, super powerful. But, like, as far as I know, at least the ones that we've seen in the movies, they don't, like, she can't, like, manipulate reality. Right. And, like, if Scarlet Witch wanted, she can just be, like, do some horrific shit like she did to Black Bolt and be, like, you can't use your powers anymore. Just, like, take away whatever she's, like, using. But, like, I think it helps Jean Grey because she's also a tele- telekinesis. Ooh, that's true, though. That's true. The telekinesis introduces, like, a real... There's a wrench in things. And I'm not sure. That would be a good fight. Yeah, it would. I would watch that fight. Uh, I was just trying to think of, like, who else is, like, even <laughs> remotely formidable enough to do this. I was going to say, like... Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet, but, like, Phoenix got that shit. She would just melt him like she did do Apocalypse in this movie. I mean, he could also manipulate, like, reality and power and yeah. stuff. I I don't, like, no no Gauntlet. No Infinity Stones. Uh, I mean, yeah. or, like, one if That's you fair. have one. But How like... about Amelia Clark from Secret Invasion? <laughs> <laughs> I think that Dark Phoenix would still beat her. I, I think so, too. But that one might be, might go toe-to-toe for a little bit. I'd like to see Groot try. Groot would win. <laughs> I don't know how, but he would win. This is all I'm going to say. I am Groot. <laughs> you know what I mean. 
All right. That's it. Well, thank you for joining us for this long episode. Uh, if you have really strong opinions on X-Men Apocalypse, like either way. G. Yeah, like me. Or if you uh, want to come to, to Maul's defense, let us know. Also, drop us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. It's been a while since we've told anybody to do that. Do it so for the review, you know. We would really appreciate it. Um, and we have, as always, our upcoming calendar. But if there's anything a little under the radar that you want us to check out, let us know. Because uh, this year is pretty sparse for theatrically released movies. Which is A-OK. Yes. Uh, but we, we will need some more stuff to, to fill our slate. So let us know. Until next time. We are Out, out of, of the, the Superverse. Superverse.